people know the night crew is assembled and of course that means our black dog and our black cat who hang out every time we podcast but the cat wayne is rummaging through a pile of boxes that need to be recycled having a fucking blast (laughs) and it didn't start until right before this yeah night crew assemble and they just kind of briefly did that was a sweet little thing i love having the night crew in here it's like a tradition now if they're not in here the podcast won't go correct you know what i mean they both just like laying out Stretch it out and hanging out while we do this. And it's always these two animals. And by the end of the podcast, I'm stretching out and hanging out too. Feet up on the table. I'm leaning back as far as I can. The dog wants to play for some reason. Did she just get caught in your chair? She did and she moved me. (laughs) But this happens often. We start talking. We start becoming animated. There's some energy. She's like, yeah, let's play. Let's have a good old time. She does this almost every episode now. It's tradition as well. Hi, everyone. It's podcasting time. Welcome to Couple of Critics Podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Sam. I'm hungry. Michelle is hungry. She's upset that Sam took some time before the podcast. (laughs) I gave me time to vacuum the house. But I also took a nap for two hours, so why couldn't you have done this while I was napping? The thing is, I started it while you were napping. Dun, dun, dun. It doesn't really deserve that. (laughs) But here we are. We're podcasting time. It's directly after yesterday where we recorded a podcast. Yes. So let me tell you, a lot has happened since then. Oh, so many things. Michelle had another seizure. No, she didn't. (laughs) But she's taken... What if I just figured out the future, though? Oh, fuck. I hope I didn't just figure out the future. We'll see what happens, I guess. Oh, no. I've just taken two naps. Today? Between yesterday's podcast recording... Which was earlier in the day, it was right around noon, and then this one is at a quarter after 7 p.m. on a Sunday. So, there's a day and a half has gone by, I've taken two naps, it's been good. They were needed. This, uh, I've been getting headaches every goddamn day. It's horrible that you get headaches <laughs> every fucking, fucking day. It's horrible, yeah, I just, I'm over this shit. Michelle has to rest. She has to get her energy back. Her limited energy. And have some sort of sex dream that made me wake up at one point all half cocked. <laughs> <laughs> Today? Well, yes, when I was napping, I woke up like rubbing my fucking legs together like a <laughs> child. <laughs> rubbing your legs like a cricket. Yeah, yeah. I, I rub my legs like a cricket from a dream. I should have ran in with my stinky peen. You never would have known, and I would I wouldn't have I would have been like, I'm still sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, welcome to the podcast. We are a review podcast, and uh it's Sam's week. It's my week. Guess what, everyone? I'm sorry if you started on this podcast because you knew I was a rock and roller and stuff. Yeah, there's still a, a majority there's a, there's a lot rock to listen roll. to that's rock and roll. <laughs> on this but we are on Sam's hip hop journey. That's right. We're still trucking along. I thought I might have given it up there for a second, but no, I'm diving right back in. What was the last one I did? I don't really remember. Was it Grandmaster Flash? The message? Was that the last one? It may yeah, have yeah, been. Yeah, with old Melly Because Mel. I did DOC before that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're getting back to the world of, well, the DOC as well in the world of G4. We, we haven't left this world at all. We're, we're in, this we're world, in the exact baby. same world. It's time to talk about Dr. Dre's The Chronic 
Oh, yes. 1992. 1990, motherfucking two. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say 1990. No, 1992. I made a whole timeline because I need to know everything that's going on in this world. Because to me, the whole story is interesting. This isn't just, to me, talking about the chronic. This is, to me, talking about the beef with Easy. This is talking about Cube. This is talking about DOC. This is talking about Ruthless Records. This is talking about Death Row Records. Also, fuck Jerry. Fuck Jerry Heller. And this is talking about Suge Knight. This is all one part of a big story, of a big story, which bleeds into Snoop Dogg's story, which bleeds into Tupac's story, which that's probably going to happen at some point. Did you know that there are people who think that I read or saw this conspiracy earlier that uh, that it was actually P. Diddy, P. Diddy who supposedly yeah, put a hit on Tupac, but then there are people who are saying that's absolutely not true. There's some videos saying or Cube is saying that he wants to see the truth, but a man has been arrested and charged. Mm-hmm. That did with just happen. Tupac's murder, which is the same guy who's been saying he, his nephew did it for a long time. We actually talked about it, I think, at one point. His name is Keefy D or Keefe D, depending on how you want to say his name. But uh, he's been on like these Vlad TV is what it's called. I might not TV part might not be right. But I know it's Vlad, and he interviews rappers. It's like where I watched a bunch of those fucking DOC videos, and it's like how I've been learning all this hip-hop history. Uh, that guy was on there talking about how he's like, yeah, I was in the car. Yeah, my nephew did it, and shit like that. So now Okay, so yeah, that, I remember this guy. So now they're saying that he like actually ordered the hit, but now they're actually saying that P. Diddy paid for the hit to Keefe D, and Keefe D was going to get his nephew to do it. So the reason why I saw this was because I was on TikTok, and uh, I go through phases. T- I've talked about it. I won't I won't touch TikTok for a week or so. I won't go on. I won't open it. I won't even think about it. And then I'll spend some time, and then I'll disappear again, and I like it. Uh, but I saw a video. It's probably I- the best way you're not succubus into that fucking thing. No. <laughs> No, um, but I did get, I did see this video, and I can't remember the actual record company, but it was a record company that that Diddy was associated with back in the day. That Bad Boy Entertainment. No, it was before Bad Boy. Okay. Um, but that everyone who was associated with it, like Heavy D, Kim Porter, who Puffy was actually with for many years and had children with, okay. but they broke up. Uh, everyone who was associated with this, uh company has died except for p diddy damn p diddy's killing everybody isn't he so i was just like <laughs> what like i didn't know that p did i thought p diddy was just a guy who talked and had money somehow to produce music but i guess that's how you i don't know gangster gangster he i guess he's in some uh some he's got some crime life going on oh, that i has some crime life i don't i don't know about but and i don't know conspiracies you can say anything as a conspiracy and just you can come up with any theory uh so i i don't know enough about the world that world but to know that Diddy apparently had a lot of power. Yeah, well, there's numbers that he said he threw around that he's going to give Keefe D $5 million to do it. And he gave it to this guy to give it to Keefe D, and that guy took off with the fucking money. But Keefe D did the hit anyway, not knowing he wasn't going to get his money. Bum, bum, bum. I like to do that now. That's when you think, bum, bum, bum. I don't know, I don't know why this? it's your thing. I don't but know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this. The first song is called The Chronic. As Michelle said, this came out in 1992, and it was a fucking huge hit this whole album pretty much changed the face of hip-hop 
Here we go. The intro. The chronic. I own this album. I own this album and his next one. This album cover and this whole thing. It's when classic. I would see it. Yeah, but when I would see them like my older cousin's collection, it was dangerous to me. Really? <laughs> yeah, it looked dangerous. I don't know why. I don't want to think it's because he was black, but I think it's just because this whole gangster thing. I saw it on MTV, so I knew it, what it was. What it was. You're making fun of my graggly voice. It was a little extreme there. Hey, so yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> making fun of my graggly voice. Uh, Snoop Dogg intro on this. There's all sorts of good shit going on. Yeah, because this... Uh, he had a, a big hand in old Snoopy. So I do want to know, because he makes some references that he makes on Doggy Style. Okay. I don't know Doggy Style, but I will. <laughs> Good. Another album I've owned for many, many years, and I've thought about giving it to you. Uh, but I'll let, I'll let you... I'll let you bring that to the table when you're, you're ready. Let, now you're going to let know. me navigate my hip-hop journey? Yeah. I mean, I... As always, I'll have I'll throw some things in here and there too. Yeah. But well, I'll tell you right now, it's gonna probably stop once Parliament's not a huge influence on things. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely in a, the the G Funk era. This, this whole album is Parliament. Like he owes so much to Parliament on this whole fucking thing. There have been times when I've been listening to it and I'm just like, God damn, this part is so good. Yeah. And it's because it's using a Parliament, Parliament. sample. <laughs> yeah. Period. I'm gonna let the chronic, the intro, uh, flow into "Fuck with Dre Day." I'm excited to hear you say two of these uh, song titles. Use a penguin-looking motherfucker. I always like that part too. <laughs> Use a penguin-looking <laughs> motherfucker. Now this beat. And so this whole good. thing is classic. And it's got that fart tone. You know in those Parliament songs every once in a while, it's got those fart tones where it's like... Mm-hmm. That's what that fucking bass is. I'm going to pump this up a little bit. So Dre's voice is great. Right off the bat. He, <laughs> he's got a... <laughs> I enjoy this so much. So I, this is already a part of... A world that I'm, again, I don't, I don't know the history. I don't, I don't care as much about all the details behind who knows who and who. Which I mean, it, I think it's interesting, but it hasn't been my driving force. And it's gonna get forced on you in this podcast. I've just always enjoyed this music, yeah. And some of these songs are just undeniably good. So I am fully on board. I'm I, when I. <clears throat> got the text from you that this is what you were giving me i don't know if you heard me i wasn't in the house yeah you were you were in the bathroom you came home on your lunch break or something and you were like shitting and i was working and you sent me a text and it was, I this. was outside doing something because, uh, maybe that i thought you were in the bathroom but i was just, you just always think i'm in the bathroom <laughs> i'm pretty sure you were though Okay. Um, I'm probably wrong. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. Uh, I just exalted outwardly. <laughs> like, did you go like, eee! No, it was something like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I was very excited. Uh, I just felt it was necessary. I mean, I'm so familiar with Straight Outta Compton. And when we did the DOC, I learned, like, the story more. And now I just want to fill it in with the actual music of the time. Because as we all know, if you're listening to this podcast, that movie did not... 
We aren't the biggest fans of that movie. No, I didn't like it at all. Why? Honestly. U't, my friends it fucking love that movie, but if you like really look into it like and Kurt? know the whole story, this Kirk probably likes it just because it was made. And I like that it was made too. Like, let's bring the story. Let's get more people into this. But as a man who just is kind of semantic about stuff or. Oh, semantic? Not semantic. That's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, pedantic? I'm pedantic. I don't know stuff. what either one means, honestly. I, I worry about details a little too much. Okay. It was displayed earlier when you were like. I think you were in the bathroom. I was like, was I? I think I was outside. When really it doesn't fucking matter. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it, I reminded you because you came here on your lunch break and you were in the bathroom cool. shitting. Again, it shouldn't fucking matter. But for some reason, I'm pedantic fuck. And I'm like, well, actually, it's this. Well, on things that don't matter. Well, I thought that you would have heard me being that you, I thought that you were in the bathroom. But I never heard you react to it. So who knows where you were. I don't remember. I know I didn't hear any exultation. Um, what was I going to say? Do you like Snoop? Do I like Snoop? Yeah. What is your opinion on Snoop? Because I know you like Dre's voice. Do you enjoy Snoop? Snoop's voice is fan-fucking-tastic. Snoop in general is fantastic. Now, I will say this. It's a little bit mild on this album, the way he says stuff. He definitely animates later in his career. So you can see where he's like it heading towards is, the, but It's yeah. still there, but like. He's growing into himself. Yeah, he'll get like little higher notes as he gets older and stuff. He's a little baby boy. But he's I love, pretty young. Yeah, he's very young. He might be 18 or 19 yeah. when this happened. I know in the rhyme he says he's 18. Now I don't know if that's just the rhyme, but. Uh, what was I going to say? I don't fucking remember. Something about Snoop. Just that he's great and that you do enjoy his voice. Oh, oh, it's just like uh, it's like Dre's voice. They both have ways of saying things, and it sticks with the rest of their career. Like when Dre says "Hell yeah," he doesn't say "Hell yeah," he says "Hell yeah, hell yeah," <laughs> and that's a Dre thing. And it's very nice to hear Snoop. He's been saying. Snizzle and shit like that since this fucking album. That's not like a 2006 thing he started. That's all early fucking Snoop. He's 17 saying that shit. Yeah. So I love that they just keep their kind of motifs throughout these. Throughout their whole career, basically. <laughs> constantly repping where they're from as well, because they're not yeah. from the same place. They're nope. so, but they're both from California, but they're from different places. We have Dre straight out of Compton. He's straight out of Compton, and we've got uh, Long, Long Beach, Beach. Yeah. LBC. <laughs> Snoop's LBC. been talking about the LBC forever. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, oh, and plus Snoop is just while Dr. Dre's kind of not. I'm not gonna say he's held like a gangster persona, and I'm not gonna say Snoop has lost his gangster persona. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let that sit, but uh. Snoop's definitely grown into like a household name and he's like a goofy character. But I don't think he's lost any clout. You know what I mean? Like I still think No, because I think he still is exactly who he is. Yeah, it's just people I think people grew just up like him. him. Mm-hmm. And so now when you're in your forties and fifties, you're like, Yeah, I remember when Snoop came out and I loved him. And Snoop is just a <laughs> likable character. He is. He just has that thing that, that some charisma. people have. Yeah, he just has it. You want to be around and him. like, no matter what, you just like, if there's any flaws, like, yeah, he might smoke a lot of pot. He might smoke it where he, we asked him not to, but he's just so gosh darn nice, isn't he? He's almost, <laughs> all, he, he's gotten away with a lot. Yeah. Like, people would just be like, oh, you can tell Snoop Dogg's a guest because <laughs> the whole place smelled. But no one's going to tell him to stop. No one stops him. They just think that it's funny and it's a story to tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Drink that Sorry. Gatorade. I wanted something to drink. I'm going to go on to Let Me Ride featuring Jewel. Uh, not Jewel that we all know and love. No, I don't know which Jewel this is, actually. I didn't look her up. Why is the screen on? Why did you bring in a monitor with a an actual... I've got a timeline going. 1965. With Dr. Dre is born Andre Rommel Young in Compton, California. It's a Theodore and Bernie Young. See, February 18th, 1965. You really went and... I'm going to keep doing this with all the hip-hop that we go into so I can have this timeline and understand when things came out. All in the same timeline. And by the time this album comes out, he's got like four fucking kids. Warren G was his stepbrother? Yeah. Oh, are you going to give me Warren G at some point? Because Maybe. I've also wondered if that's going to happen. Maybe. Yeah, his mom's remarried in 78, I think. And uh, one of those stepbrothers that came along was Warren G. And Warren G is responsible for introducing Snoop Dogg to Dr. Dre. Ah. Uh. Oh, yeah. That's, that part is so good. Hell yeah. Yeah, Parliament rules. <laughs> the, yes, but it's also the... The beat is awesome on it. The beat, but the way that it's being uh, structured and put together is still an art form in itself. Oh, absolutely. Especially at this time. You're, the arrangement you is the word I was trying to find. You don't have digital stuff going on. I don't see tracks on a screen and I can just nudge them over where I need them. He's putting this together like manually with like tape and like, like a doctor. and like hitting a fucking re- yeah, he's like a doctor. He's got a he's doing surgery. Out and he's got his tape and he's doing the surgery. But yeah, Warren G, he Snoop was selling dope in the neighborhood, and that's how Dre knew him originally. He met him before, and just knew him as a kid who sold drugs. And then Warren G was at a bachelor party, and the music stopped, and Warren G put in a tape, because he was a big fan of Snoop's home tapes that he would make. And Dre was like, yo, who the fuck is this? And he's like, it's Snoop, that guy who's selling drugs. He's like, what? This mother, he says, this motherfucker's a diamond in the rough that needs to be polished. So he calls up Snoop. He's like, hey, I need you in the studio. And he goes, yeah, right, fuck you. You're not Dr. Dre. Hangs up the phone. And Dr. Dre rings him back up and goes, motherfucker, be in the studio on Monday. <laughs> and hangs up the phone. And that's how Dre and Snoop hook up. And that's how this album basically happens. And they, like, make a song for a soundtrack. Dre wants to go, like, work out. And he's like, hey, Snoop, I need a song for this soundtrack. Make it. I want it done before I get back. And so Snoop was like, I was in the studio 24-7. I was hungry. I was just fucking right and right and right and right. While the motherfuckers would go home and see their girl and eat chicken is what he said, I'd be in the studio writing lyrics to half beats, even just little piano lines that Dre made. He's like, anything. I'd start writing courses to it or verses to it. So it's just you know, hardworking people who also have talent, but hardworking people. Definitely hardworking people. For sure. So this album came out in 1992, but Dre had his first son in 1981, December 5th, and didn't meet him until he was 20. Wow. But he's a rapper, too. His name is Hood Surgeon. Do you think he looks like Dre he at all? He looks just fucking like him. <laughs> That's why I wanted to say, do you think he looks like Dre at all? Undeniable. <laughs> at first, I was like, oh, he put a picture of young Dre on there. Nope. 
This is his first daughter, Latonya Danielle Young. You went way too specific with this. Is this no. necessary? Yeah, it's necessary because you got to know what kind of man Dre is. While he's good at stuff, he's also kind of a piece of shit at point in well, his life. I mean, he talks about being just like fucking bitches and being gross a lot throughout his career, too. And abusive like, and negligent. He's like... Yeah, I don't think he necessarily comes... I think he's very talented. I don't think he necessarily comes across as a good guy. He does now. Okay. Just like Cube. People now just see him as a good guy, but like, they forget. Stuff happened. But yeah, she's homeless right now and is asking her dad for money, and he doesn't give it to her because she talks shit about him in the media. And uh, do that. And he has has two other sisters. So Dre has had four kids by 1981 he hasn't even started his musical career at all he's barely out of high school he's 16 when he has his first fucking kid so at least he's not lying about all the bitches that he's fucking no he just clearly doesn't respect them he is slanging that dick he by 1983 he's got four kids i will say i i do understand where people can be made uncomfortable with how absolutely disrespectful he talks about women Oh yeah, and many did at this point, and uh, he, and still do. He's truly like a contender <laughs> on the list of mouth, people who bitch. just does not sound like they respect women at all. No. Um, but the music is still phenomenal. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, to give you some context, he released his first two albums in '85 and '86 with the World Class Wrecking Crew, okay. who is the people that reference. Like when they're like, they are the people. Like when Dre dressed like a, oh, look at a him. fruit is what they would say. Like this is when he's in disco era, Dre. Eighty-seven is when NWA starts. Eighty-seven, he releases the first album NWA. Eighty-eight, Straight Outta Compton comes out. So eighty-seven, you need to know about Michelle. He also had a kid with her. He also hit her. Oh. She uh, said that she didn't understand that like. Violence wasn't love because her dad hit her too. So for a long time. But Dre, in defense here, Dre has apologized many times for he this. He probably grew up and got the shit beat out of him. He, he didn't really get the shit beat out. Yeah, he saw his mom get hit. So Yeah, so it's, just, it's usually learned behavior is yeah, what I'm saying. It's not excusable. but No, but it comes from somewhere that needs to be addressed. And that's usually when you see that it's a problem is because you are now repeating that behavior. Uh, absolutely. So, 88, NWA Straight Outta Compton comes out. This is when he's a fucking huge star. And right here, I'll play The Day The (coughs) Took Over. The Fellas. The Day The Fellas Took Over. I like using the word fellas in place of the N-word. So, 88, he has a son, Andre Young Jr., who was born. But he died when he was 20 from heroin and a morphine overdose. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Do you think he looks like Dre at all? Not as much. I don't think so either. But he had that with some other woman. He's dating Michelle, but he had a son with her. DOC's No One Can Do It Better comes out in 89. DOC's Accident is late 89. 1990, Dr. Dre punches Terry B twice in the face in retaliation for a song called Ruthless Bitch, where she calls him a, quote, faggot for the way he looked in the world-class wrecking crew. That's why I wanted to show you the world-class wrecking crew. So he punched her in the face. He punched her in the face twice. 1990, America's Most Wanted comes out. That's Ice Cube's first solo album. So by 1990, Cube is out of NWA, and fucking Dre is like, what's going on here? What's what's really going on behind NWA? 
he still releases the next album by NWA, but he's gone by the time the album is released. But he worked on that album, and he has a child with Michelle A. So in 91, Death Certificate by Cube comes out. I only mention it because he is dissing Dre on this track. That's that one track that I that fucking love. also has that... Uh doesn't, isn't that Death Certificate? That's the one that has the Sam song that was on the Sam yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 it does. It absolutely and he wants does. to kill Sam. Yeah. So in 1991, he's figured everything out. Fuck Jerry Heller. Fuck Easy E. And he starts Death Row Records with none other than... Was Easy E a, bi- a bad guy or was he just blamed for being a bad guy? I think Easy was a selfish guy. Okay, so he did get wrapped up yeah. in himself. Okay. Yeah. But I think he also figured out that his numbers weren't being run right. So, and I also might be completely wrong about that. But anyway, Death Row Records starts in 1991. This is started by Dr. Dre, the DOC, Dick Griffey, who's just a guy that's been a music mogul guy for a bit, and Joe Diffie's cousin, I think. It is Joe Diffie's cousin. And none other than, of course, Suge Knight, who plays a huge oh, role. Sugar Bear. In Death, Sugar Bear Knight, who plays a huge thing in Death Row Records. Sugar Bear Knight crew. Now, in getting ready for this record in 1992, some shit happens to Dr. Dre. He's shot four times in the leg. I didn't know that happened. By a producer or an engineer on the album. I didn't watch a video that I could have watched. I might watch it in the break where somebody explains it. Four times on one leg is brutal. <laughs> I haven't been able to find any detail about it. I've only seen it mentioned once, so I don't know the details. But he also sets his mansion on fire in Calabasas by a charcoal grill falling over, I assume. He pleads guilty to battery of an officer, convicted of two additional battery counts, stemming from a brawl in the lobby of a New Orleans hotel in October 1992. So his life is fucking crazy right now. He's hanging out with Suge Knight, Jethro Records. Suge Knight's a fucking gangster. He's doing gangster shit. He's beating people up when he shouldn't be. He's punching ladies in the face. He's getting shot in the yeah. leg. But December 15th, he releases the most important thing that ever happened in his life, except for straight out of Compton, The Chronic, December 15th, 1992. That's where I ended the timeline right now, because that's where we're hitting in my uh, world of hip-hop. All right. So that's really all the history I have. From here on out, we can just talk about the... Uh, actual album turn this goddamn screen off boom but it's helping me keep my mind straight on what's going on here now i know it's broken record here yes he hit those women but he has apologized many times he's like i was a fucking drunk i was out of my head i was insane i was over in over my head as a young kid who's taking on the world literally the best thing you can do is to stop doing that and if that's and what, if that's what he's done then, then he's done the best thing that he could do now his wife that he married Nicole who they just got a divorce in 2021 after oh, yeah, he had a brain aneurysm a lot of money from him too yeah she uh, accused him of verbal abuse and uh, infidelity which of course his lawyers come back and say none of that is true but yeah she got a lot of money you don't think I you you think that she oh, was shit. I a, guess this is just playing. Nothing but a G thing. A lot of this uh, album just kind of flies. Yeah, and together. it flows nice and seriously. Oh, this song. is the time of tape and CD where they're like making things to flow into each other. This is one of the most classic early hip hop songs. Oh yeah. This song this is G funk. This is perfection. If you want if someone says tell me what, play a G funk song for me, this is the fucking song you play. 
the, the fucking that Snoop sound too. The video. Oh, it, it's yeah. so it's got that smoothness because. Dre doesn't have a smooth voice. Dre is more aggressive sounding. He's more of an aggressive rapper. And and then, yeah, Snoop is just, he sounds cool. He sounds like he's dealing with shit, but he just has a more level head. But motherfucker, I just smoked three blunts about it. (laughs) That's the Snoop. I love that. Real but he's deal. not Holy dumb, feet. though. He's no, not no. One he's of like those... smooth. Yeah. He's never felt like a dumb stoner to me. He just feels like he doesn't worry about shit he doesn't need to worry about. Well, some people, to me, who, uh, what's his name? Lil Wayne is known as a big stoner. He seems stupid to me. And I again, I don't know much about him, but I, he just doesn't... I'll contradict you on that one. If you watch YouTube interviews, he's pretty smart. Really? Yeah, he's pretty well-spoken. I just hate the sound of his music, so it always Agreed. sounds like dummies would make but music that He's a like very that. well-spoken man. And pretty good skateboarder. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I don't but think people give... I get what you mean. <laughs> I don't think people give hip-hop stars, hip-hop artists, enough credit for being smart. I would say... But I think that for me, I think the Cesarev thing and just being like out of his mind all the time is what has made me feel like Lil Wayne was well, maybe not a bright in, guy. That hasn't gone on in years. No, He's but been, that was when he was the biggest. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, and I knew I kids who were doing that because of that. <laughs> like an old batch of collard greens. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very good. What a way to come out as a... For Snoop. Like, he knew. I've got to be strong on this. And I remember this is where the DOC is talking about how, like, I helped Snoopy. He's like, he would come in with lyrics, and I'd be like, this one's fresh, but you got to cut this one. So. Doggy Style was 1993. So it was the next year after this. It's the next release from Death Row Records. Uh, which now Snoop Dogg has procured and owns Death Row Records. And I don't know if he owns all the releases yet, but he was working on it. Like, eventually he'll own the rights to the Chronic and all that shit that was on Death Row. He's Records. a big part of this album, so it's a huge part of this album. Uh, I While Suge Knight just sits in jail for running someone over with his car, killing one person and injuring the other. Fucking Suge Knight is a moron. He's, a big brute moron. Yeah, he's like that guy who always uh, who who liked olive oil, who always fought with Popeye. Yeah, Brutus. Yeah, <laughs> just a big dumb oaf. Yeah, just emotional and reactionary. And I'm going to be a tough bad guy, but I'm not like... He also doesn't seem like the smartest guy because he gets in trouble a lot. And he has to do everything with violence. It's always under my assumption that if you have to... Oh, my way, I hit you now. Like, then you obviously don't know how to do business. Yeah. The only way you know how to do business is to threaten me. Like, they say the only reason Easy e signed over shit is because he threatened his family. It wasn't that he beat him up in a fucking studio like they did in that movie. It's that he threatened his goddamn mom. That's what it was. That's dirty. Yeah. Suge Knight's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Well, let's and th- I, we all know what he really did, which was the worst thing. And that's hold Vanilla Ice over a balcony. Yeah. Do you know why? Because of... Uh, I don't remember, actually. He wanted the rights to uh, Ice, Ice, Baby. Ice Baby. Because he was working with the guy that co-wrote that thing. And he was like, give me all the rights. It goes to this guy. And all those rights and the royalties... 
helped pay to start Death Row Records. <laughs> so you can thank Vanilla Ice being threatened to be hung over a balcony by Suge Knight himself to start to, for this album. It helped this album get made. And when Rodney King got beat and they did, I don't know when that was. Is that 91? 92? It's right around there. I can't remember the exact year because uh, I'm a, a bad person. Dr. Dre said, I didn't loot, but Snoop Dogg and many other Death Row Records guys were like, oh, I did, and I brought it all back to the studio. <laughs> it was 91. It so was there you go. March of 91. 91 happens. They fucking go looting, and they get some uh, nice equipment, and they bring it back to the studio. He's been dead 11 years. Who? Rodney King. Oh, really? Remember when he was a bad alcoholic on... Like the fucking Dr. Drew oh, celebrity rehab yeah, you're or whatever. Right. He was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. Because he, he was like, fucked it, fucked him up. He had a. Like yeah. that whole incident fucked his whole life up. Yes, it did. And it was like a sad story. It wasn't just like a guy who made bad decisions. It was like. He was really he depressed and, like, and down. And it like, gave him like brain damage, didn't it? I, it and, was, like gave him headaches. It was something, yeah. Like so fuck this whole life sad. up for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. so that that's Died more from alcoholism. You I think? I think of that guy. Uh, I don't remember. I, it was probably complications of mm. a life lived hard. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna skip that now. <laughs> Poor Rodney King. It's horrible. It's horrible. He had that lot handed to him. Not only does he get but beat he, senselessly by cops, yeah, but. I mean, he wasn't necessarily leading the most honest life, but no, he but still didn't deserve. No, nobody deserves that. If you're that, <laughs> if you're detained, you fucking stop. There's no reason to beat the shit out of somebody. It's it's insane. Or you know, uh, step push on their throat. Yeah, and that block shit. their airwaves and stuff like yeah. that. It's it's taking things too far. It's way too far. So on a lighter note, there are some skits on this album. Now most of these skits I'm gonna skip. Because I don't really like skits on albums when we're trying to talk. I could talk what the skit is, but that was my least favorite thing about listening to that Tenacious D album. I hate when people are talking and we're trying to talk. It just sounds like a goddamn jumble in my head. That's why I've not. That's why I wanted to bring a Adam Sandler album that I used Those to listen to back talking. in the day, but it's too much. Yeah. I mean, and it's like eight minute long tracks of him talking. Just bits. It's and it's too much. So yeah, there's no way we could do that. With You're just right. someone talking. So I get it. So anyway, there's But some I didn't know you were going to be skipping th- anything. No, I'm going to play this one. Okay. Uh, this is... You should, because it's a... This is the recorded first instance. Well, this is also... Supposed. What? A song. This is also yeah, a track. I know, but there's a skit on it. Where it's... This became a cultural like thing. Yeah, and supposedly this is the first ago. instance, except for one other thing where someone wrote... Well, I'll let it play. So, I don't... but it was just a guy who was saying it is what became popular, and he likely got it from this because it was just a black guy. Yeah. Oh, it came from this. Yeah. No, it was just a black guy. That sounded awful. Yeah, that sounded terrible. Say something different, and I'll go put it in. Nah. It's most likely a nice guy. No, well, I didn't mean that. I'm saying it was more his world, so it's more something that he would know versus white people finding it because they saw a video of a black guy saying it online is what white I mean. White people love this. Was that... These nuts. Is that a... And that's Snoop. These nuts. Isn't there a video of that guy Beetlejuice on Howard Stern? That's who would say it to people? I don't know what that is. These nuts. <laughs> I, th- I think it was a guy with bad teeth or something. Yeah, Beetlejuice. 
from the Howard Stern Show. I'll pull him up right now. Beetlejuice. Be- Beetlejuice. Howard Stern. This guy? Yeah. Yeah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> what a face he's got. But the only other instance you could find of D's Nuts before this is somebody said in an album, you can suck on D's Nuts. But they're just saying like these, but these. This is the first one. Somebody's like, these nuts. <laughs> Which is, like you said, it's a cultural impact. This whole album's a cultural impact for sure. Michelle Michelle So right after Straight Outta Compton happened, that movie happened, mm-hmm. they made a movie that was called Surviving Compton or something like that. Okay. And uh, it was the story of Michelle and uh, Dre and the abuse. And it had Suge Knight in the story, too. And they hired the same guy that played Suge Knight in Straight Outta Compton to be Suge Knight in that movie, too. <laughs> what do you think about this song? I like when guys say, when they call, when grown men call their penis a dingling. <laughs> But just something that Cube would do too, right? Yeah, and Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this song is fine. It's not uh, as strong of a hitter for me. It's a filler. But I still think that it has a, a good groove. It's not a bad song. It just doesn't kind of hit me as much. I agree. I think everyone sounds good on this track, but on this whole album, by the way. Everyone's got a good rapping voice. And DOC's on this for one little bit. It's in one of the skits, though. That $20 sack pyramid. There's some DOC action in there. And DOC wrote all over this album as well. Like, uh, he wrote the verse, he wrote the chorus for nothing but a G thing. But he doesn't really get credit for any of that shit. There's an interview where the guy's like, did you have your paperwork correct on that album? And he's like, nope. God. <laughs> he didn't get paid shit for that one either. <laughs> this guy's great. Mm-hmm. That's, it that sucks that Dre just didn't compensate him fairly, though. Yeah, Dre's not that good of a guy sometimes. <laughs> That's why he's a billionaire. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. Bingo! Uh, there were tracks on here that I would zone out on. This is one of them. I wouldn't. I don't Until like right it, this part, though. I wouldn't call it filler, though. I just for this album, think I would. It's not as strong. From the motherfucking street. <laughs> I I like that I'm listening to this as well because I'm I'm learning a cultural thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And now I might notice more references to this. I'll be like, oh, I understand that. Yeah. It's or possible. I'll be, or I'll be able to argue with somebody about when it came out. And how many kids Dr. J has. Seven total. Is that including the deceased one? Yes. Seven kids. One's homeless, one's dead. Absolutely. And one's a rapper. Named Hood Soldier, is that what it was? <laughs> That's not a good name. <laughs> it doesn't like fly off the tongue. It doesn't. There's more of those fart tones. Those parliament fart tones. Well, what is. I can't remember what the. 
instrument is called? Uh, Stegosaurus? The, mon the mononucleosis? Didn't it start with an S? A stratosphere. You're thinking of a synthesizer. No, I'm thinking about the thing that you push. The thing that you looked up. And oh, it's the Bernie oh, Worrell thing oh, that oh, makes the, the style. Uh, stylophone? Something, something like that? I know what you're talking about. I was talking about the Bernie, Weller, Bernie Worrell keyboard. It's called a clavinet. That's what it is. The clav. That's how, that's how you get all those like. We've High talked about the club. And those Quite fart tools. <laughs> what? Is that Night of the Thumposaurus people mm -hmm. that just has all those? It's literally like. <laughs> at points. And I do literally think it was George Clinton laughing and being like, put more of those fart sounds in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he got a hold of that a prince and he was like, let's make a track together. I pee on it, you pee on it, and we'll see what we get. You're like, he's just, he likes poop and pee humor and fart humor. You can tell. So, of course, he's going to put fart sounds on something if he can. Why wouldn't you? What's next, my love? We got two more songs to go before we go on to a break. It's another, um, for me, it's a little bit of a Snoozer. blue ball song. Well, here's Daz and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> little ghetto boy. Which is a, it uses a Donny Hathaway sample. And the live version is superb. Of Lil Ghetto Boy? Yes. Well, I mean, this superb. song is called Lil Ghetto Boy. Yeah, it's using... Featuring Daz and Snoop Dogg. That's why it's another blue ball song for me. Because oh, it makes me want to hear. What you're saying. It makes me want to listen to that song. And there was a point where I did go and look up the song and, <laughs> and play it after this. And then it finished the album. This feels like a, a real nice story song beat. Say that again? This feels like a real nice story song beat and style of music. Like, um. There's that Dub C song where he's talking about like falling asleep and it's like all the black people take over and they like take down the government and stuff and it's a real like big story song. It's got the same kind of vibe to it. It reminds me of each other. See, I thought you were going to have like Dub C and I thought you were going to have just more information on that since you were spending so much time. But you had to include pictures of people. I had to edit information and choose what to put in today. I had four pages worth of shit to write, and I didn't use it all. And I was like, I'll save this for after this. We don't need to know when Tupac died. No, at this moment. but stuff that we've already done, I would be interested in knowing how that lines up in there. I'll fit it in, in there eventually. I'll, I'll post-update the hip-hop timeline. So we can know where things are. So people can tell you how wrong although, you are. Although I think they can fuck right off. You make a hip-hop timeline. I'm getting it from Wikipedia. It's not like I made the information. Uh, well, you did put it together, so how dare you. <laughs> uh, Daz is Snoop Dogg's little cousin, literally. Which he mentions it in a song on this album, but... And I forget who else is related to him that's on this album. But Warren G's on this too, so it's, it's like people are related to each other and you don't even fucking know it. 
I mean, as far as you know, they're just some rap dudes that hooked up and laid some words down, little lady. <laughs> little ghetto boy. Now, you say it's a blue ball song, but do you, I think it's kind of a snoozo song. Like, I don't. No, I would rather just listen to the other song. Yeah, me too. I don't click on to anything that's really said in this song. I mean, I, I love a flute, but I don't really like click on anything in this. We spend your days and nights in the pool room. Like the song goes into such a nice part after that. <laughs> Will you sell kinds of madness to the neighborhood, little ghetto boy? I fuck that song is so goddamn good. <laughs> You've got so much soul in you as a bald white lady in Batesville, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much like when you were trying and you just grouped us then that was like gorgeous thanks it's just it's it's but it's what I want to do like my brain is like I want more of that song I just need it I wanted more of that song too <laughs> well if you feel like playing it to go out to the break or something which I'm sure you probably already have something lined up. I already have something lined up, but I can shift that to the comeback in song. Okay. If you do, it should be the live version. It's way better. <laughs> Noted. Studio version. <laughs> Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. Sing it, Michelle. Because I want to take it further again. Because it, it stops oh. literally like halfway through the fucking... <laughs> chorus and I uh, you're like you cut it up all wrong uh, that's that's one of my absolute least favorite parts about samples being used in hip-hop is because <laughs> I, I just want the song there was a song that Kanye did that used try a little tenderness a try a little tenderness sample from Otis Redding yeah and it was I absolutely despised the way that it was used <laughs> and it's because he just he looped it was fucking oh, awful. That sounds terrible. It almost sounded more MJ when I just did it. Yeah, it did. Or core core. Or core core. Oh my god. <laughs> it was core core. I'm a piece of trash. <laughs> my friends are uh, opening up for him soon. It was. So, he's a nice guy, is what I'm trying to say. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I love a flute. I like how this is like gangsta as fuck, but there's still a flute going on. <laughs> the sure, is. they can still get Jethro Tull in there, and it'll work out. Or I meant Ian Anderson, not Jethro Tull specifically. I hate it when people call people like the lead singer. Like I like that Leonard Skinner guy. Oh <laughs> oh, you motherfuckers! <laughs> All right, we've got one more song, and we're gonna go on to break. And it's called A Fella With A Gun. <laughs> with, with a, a gun. <laughs> so white. A Fella With A Gun. Well, it's the last one where you're going to have to use that word. Thank God. That's one thing about hip-hop and stuff. It's like 80% of these words I'm not allowed to say. And it sucks because they it say really it's so colorfully <laughs> and fun. And, I, and it's like... It's fun! Well, the way that they say it, it's like they just... Like trigger, <laughs> and it's like I want to say it, but I can't. 
I really, really want to say it. I want to. I, I want to sing along. I would never call a person that. <laughs> I'll fight with my grand, my dead grandpa. I'll go to his grave to this day and argue with him about how he was a racist piece of shit. <laughs> Let's go to his grave and just yell at him about how much he was a racist. And I'll never forget lying to him on his deathbed. I, I wasn't really that bad of a guy, was I? No. It doesn't matter at that point. That's, he's going to heaven. That's, well, it's really just to give him some form of peace as he's dying. Like, I'm not. I, I don't have enough of a beef with him of all people to give that energy. Not like my mom who screamed at him on his deathbed, <laughs> which is what I would. I don't like you would to do to her. her. So I. I mean, Kesarosera, man. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say this. This sounds like an ICP song. Now, ICP obviously came out after this, but that whole vibe felt very wicked clownish to me. Like, like this has like a almost an industrial evil tone to me. Like a haunted house sort of vibe. That's, That's like a scary kid playing with blocks. That say like murder. You know like those blocks that have letters? And they're like putting it together and it says murder and they're like, Come play with me. And then you're like, No, little Susie. I don't play with blocks that say murder. Somebody killed little Susie. That's a song by Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson has a song called Someone Killed Little Susie. It's called Little Susie and the song's like Somebody killed little Susie, the what girl the? with the tune. She sleeps in the daytime at noon. It's what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> it's later years, Michael Jackson. So it's extra cuckoo. But it's like history, so it's like 95. It's the same album that like Scream was on. Is that the on. one where he's like making himself look like monuments and shit? Like looks like a big giant statue and there's helicopters flying around it. He's like stone looking. Yeah, that was history. Because it was a double disc. It was the greatest hits on one disc, and oh, the other really? other disc was new stuff. So it also had like they don't care about us, and it had that song uh, that was a big hit that he did the video with Lisa Marie Presley. I can't remember. You were not alone. Oh, when he kissed her. Yeah. The VMAs. That was the video, right? Yeah, that was that was on the album. That was the music video. Mm-hmm. What well, I thought. You listened to it and you saw that in the future. Oh, my little. <laughs> you think they actually thugged? Of course. Um. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, I do consider it a little bit of a lull in the mid middle of this album. I think that the album could have had some fat trimmed, and the trat, the trat, the trim could have happened in the midsection. Yeah, it is a little heavy, but I think Dre's on fire this time. He wants to like prove himself, so he's just gonna put out a bunch of fucking stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michelle. I forgot what I was supposed to play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing. You had something planned already to play out to break. But supposedly. I did. That's what you said. And then you said, said that you? you would maybe play Little Ghetto Boy coming oh. back from break. You know, the I live version. I, I think I actually did say that. Because I did say that. It's actually the song that came out before The Chronic. It was on a movie called Deep Cover. A song called Deep Cover. 
This is really the first song that is released to show the prowess of Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. But they have recorded Nathan But a G thing. Nathan But a G thing. Nathan But a G thing has been recorded by this point, but it wasn't released yet because Snoop Dogg had a probation violation because he had a toothache and he got some pills off of his aunt and he got busted on a piss test. So he had to go back to jail for four months. So it delayed the release of Nothing But a G Thing. But anyway, this song's called Deep Cover. I haven't heard it at all. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know what they're saying. It. But this is the song that Dre left Snoop to just write while he was gone. I've heard this song. You heard this? Or have I just heard that? It might just be the beat. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Anyway, break time. We'll be back. We're going to talk more about the chronic you, you cool with that I'm here all right the couple of critics podcast presents to you that's right you got an original 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 gangsta bitch a Pennsylvania gangsta bitch Dracula in the house, I wanna bite the neck, so take off your blouse, you see. I gotta suck blood to feel my dick, so before you die, you could jump on it quick. In a thousand years, I ain't loved a hoe, but I sure got a lot of them to take up the clothes. Cause I'm always down for a fuck or a suck, anything I can do to bust an undead nut. Always smoking weed, even when I'm a bat, I fly up with a blunt to my air habitat. Where you think that it's at, it's where I keep some fine ass, and they're always keeping Hennessy and filled in my glass. So, if your hoes wanna See how it goes, let Dracula know And you can get with the flow I can't promise by the end that she will not be dead But I can bet by the end that you'll give me some head Real Transylvanian gangsters Sucking blood and fucking hoes Right, motherfuckers Real Transylvanian gangsters Smoking weed and fucking hoes Dracula Yes, motherfuckers, that's right. Dracula in the fucking house. Motherfucking Transylvanian gangsters, biatch. So beautiful. <laughs> we are back, little ghetto Michelle. His voice is so... Oh, I know that picture. He's all sold out, like, feeling it with his big fun hat. His voice is so good. This part right here. Your daddy was blown away. (laughs) He brought that corrosive God, I could... I fucking adore this song. Love it. It's a jammer. It's so soulful and just... I think his voice is phenomenal. Donny Hathaway. Do I know anything else by Donny Hathaway, or is that... I don't know. I've do just, you listen to anything else by that Don Hathaway? I don't... I'm not sure. I've just known this song and loved this song and loved this live version hmm. for many years. And I don't... I'm not sure where it came from. 
I just feel like I've known it for a long time. Go to artist. Top songs. The closer I get to you. Yeah, he's a ballad dude. Let's put it right here. Oh, that sounds much younger. Look at the picture on the album cover. <laughs> he's looked freakish. That is not the voice that lo- sounds like it would come out of a man looking like that. He was enormous and old looking. But his voice is gorgeous. Still on board? Voice wise? Let's try Someday We'll All Be Free. It's almost like a clear Stevie Wonder-ish sort of voice. Oh, that tone. God damn. <laughs> does have a Stevie Wonder tone. Or vibe. God. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's fucking flawless. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, it's, to, that is my shit. It is. That is truly my shit. Nothing makes me feel better. I don't think that there's any music that I enjoy more than a good fucking soulful song from like the 60s. I it can is, think of one song you like more. Skyrock is the hell. <laughs> I, at the last second, I was like, hell yeah. And I actually just found out it's going to be old hat to you guys. But Jan Terry posted on Instagram Uh-oh. that she's going to turn her phone off Uh-oh. on October 4th, which is and was for you guys, my dad and Zach Brewing's birthday. Uh, so happy belated birthday to and you And the release guys. of an episode. And the release of an episode. and uh, But there's supposed to be some FEMA alert that they're sending to tvs radios and phones and even if you have your phone set to silent it's supposed to be like a jarring alert signal like a test that they're doing at like 220 or something like two something on that wednesday and she's like i'm shutting off my phone and i'm doing all this and people are like we'll miss your post jan and it's like if you just like Google what the fuck it is, she's literally just turning her phone off so she doesn't have to like hear an alert message go like for a full minute. I look forward to the alert message when everybody has to hear it. So uh, we'll be unified as one. We all will be unified because it's going to break all the barriers. I have my phone always set to silent and that's not going to be the case. My phone is also always set to silent. All right, let's get to talking about the chronic. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Michelle got to. Basically slide off of her chair listening to that dude's voice. It's it's not a sexual thing. It's I it's the way that you feel certain music within your like atoms that make up who you are. Like I feel that in the fibers of who I am. That certain things just like I feel them like resonate like the strings that make up who I am and like make them tremble and make me feel connected. <laughs> In a different way, I get it. And like me, it it's wild to me that there are people who aren't affected or really into music, affected by or really into music. I think it's fucked up too. Uh, but his voice. I mean, you got Donny Hathaway. Is, wow. And I've got Odorous Urungus. I get it. I totally get it. I don't know if I'd put those. Uh, Little ghetto boy together, but God, that damn his voice. Is I'm beautiful. in love with a dead dog. I fucking get it. 
What's next on this? Uh, What's next is a little song album. Rat tat tat tat. This is where ah, we, this is where I've we shot. this is where we get some young Snoop Lion. Isn't Snoop in this song? Yeah, and he's yeah he is Snoop Lioning <laughs> up, isn't he? <laughs> he's been Snoop Lion for a long time. People think so, that he just did it for an album, but no. It's odd that sometimes people that work with Dre sometimes just throw Rastafarian accents on there. If you'll recall. The intro track on uh, the DOC had a bunch of uh, unneeded Rasta sound. Uh, I do not recall because most, much like most things that we do on this podcast, we can only store so much information. So things, some things have to be scooted out as new things are coming in. I understand not remembering your stuff, but my stuff this is unacceptable. This is so um, gangsta right I'm now. I was you were just going to stare at me for a minute. I was going to want to just sit. But don't you think this sounds like... Well, I like that line. Like Luther Vandross. I'm fucking up the West Coast. Another, uh, another fucking gorgeous voice, Luther Vandross. God damn, man. Were you saying this song sounds gangsta? I think this song sounds hard. It's got compared that... Compared to... I think it's the hardest sounding song so far on this. Home is back. <laughs> we can't say the beginning of it, but well, the on his back. Yeah, we can. We can just pretty much say. On Never his back. hesitate to put a fella on his back. Oh yes, a fella. Um, it's got that like evil Halloween tone that's going on. Sometimes like Cypress Hill has it. ICP does it. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, it makes it feel like. Devious and like no good is happening, and it's like nighttime. You it know what I mean? Dangerous. You know, like Ice Cube's "It's a Good Day" or like, "Today Was a Good Day." That feels like daytime. Most yes. of it says day, but this feels like night. No good shenanigans. This is like in a cornfield, and people are jumping out at you dressed like werewolves. And that's not what Jason I was thinking. But please go on. Oh, I'm like in a scary haunted corn maze is what this makes me think of. But someone might actually have a shiv and someone might actually have, you know, a nine. (laughs) (laughs) The way that came out of your mouth was so smooth and fluent. Good. Because this is so far away from my life. Something like this, which is why it, it oh, absolutely it hits me in such a way that it like it sounds so much harder to me because it's I don't live like this. I'm busy listening to like Donovan and shit, <laughs> <laughs> which I still enjoy this, but this is not my life. You uh, know what I mean? That's the interesting thing about hip hop versus metal. It's like they both can talk about like not scary things but bad things and I don't think metal is usually ever steeped in realism like maybe if they're talking about murders that happened but they didn't live that they didn't see that this feels more real this is like you know we saw this yeah like dudes like Dre he may not have participated in certain things when he was growing up but he saw that shit Mm -hmm. he saw it around him Snoop did participate in some of that shit he, he's talking from I'm real life. I'm innocent. I'm, I'm innocent. innocent. <laughs> I think of that a lot. Oh, I'm just letting this play. 
This is just a skit, right? The twenty dollars sack pyramid. I don't remember. It's almost three minutes long, so I feel like it does go into a song. All right, well, let me play. This is the DOC's on here somewhere. This motherfucker. What the fuck is this? Maybe it is just a skit. ICP, or are they just huge fans of shit like this? Probably. This album does like change the scope of hip hop. I wonder when ICP's first. Haven't they been around for a long time? I don't remember. I I absorb nothing ICP except for the great Malenko from that episode specifically. Because I also know that spin the bottle song. Carnival of Carnage comes out in 1992. October 18th. It comes out before the album. All right, man. But I don't know that album. That sounded like great Malenko stuff to me, so maybe that comes out a couple years later. That's DOC. The guy with the graggly voice. Do you think the Rhyme Magazine say that he should have been on this episode as well? Yeah. Actually, Rhyme Bag got a hold of me today and said he wanted to be on, and I said, I'll talk to the producers. (laughs) I skip this every time after I listen to it once. Yeah, I definitely skipped it the last time. Here's what I'm doing. Boop, skipping it. That's good. Because right now. It's unnecessary. Absolutely. Lyrical Gangbang is the track we're listening to right now. I think DOC got written. I just love the DOC. I'm just going to bring him up as much as possible. I think he writes for Dre a lot, especially in this era. Well, if he's behind all this stuff, then he should be shouted out. Especially if he's not getting the props that he deserves because he's clearly fucking extremely talented. Oh, yeah. Is this uh, the Lady of Rage? It sounds like that I rock rough and stuff with my Afro Puffs lady, but I don't know. I just think she has a similar sound to that lady, but I don't I don't remember who the name of that artist. You're talking about the Lady of Rage? <clears throat> I do believe. The Lady of Rage? Okay. Some puffs on her head. You'll also recognize her. She rocks rough and stuff with her afro puffs yeah. then. So that is her. Yeah. I thought that was her voice. Do you voice. know who else that is? Not from looking at her in that picture. Oh, well, let me maybe find another picture where you can see where you could know her from. I can't. I'm just going to tell you. Next Friday. Remember the girl that's chasing around the car? And he's like, here, take a cookie. And she's the fat joke of the thing. And she's like... Set me up with your cousin Craig. Really? That's her? The Lady of Rage. Interesting. I'm glad I recognized her voice. I love her voice. Yeah, she has a good I voice. I love when a woman sounds like she could kick my fucking ass. Like, she sounds like Cube. She sounds like Dre. She's got, like, a real, like, low register delivery. I like, that's one thing I like about DeBrat. I think she has a good underrated, uh, flow as well but she also kind of like she doesn't sound low though she sounds serious she sounds aggressive 
Yes. Aggressive is really what I mean. Yeah. It's like, Easy E, he had a fucking high, weird voice, but it still sounded aggressive. She doesn't have a weird voice. She just doesn't sound like the Afro Puffs lady. Look What's her name again? Look at those Afro Puffs on her head. Those are amazing. The Lady of Rage. Lady of Rage. Which is a fun rap name? That's a big thing to say. I am the Lady of Rage. <laughs> the Lady of Rage up on the stage. Check out my Afro Puffs. adorable Afro Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I looked her up. I was like, I need to see who this the Lady of Rage is. And I was like, wait a minute. Isn't that the girl that's in next Friday that... She's the whole fat joke the whole time. I do enjoy. She's not fat, by the way. I enjoy this song. That happens a lot. People are called fat all the time. Jim Norton constantly refers to the movie. uh, Oh God, what's it? Forrest Gump, and how later Gary Sinise's character he marries like an Asian woman, and Jim Norton always talks about her like she's this like enormous like house-sized woman. And I remember seeing like the clip again. And she's not fat at all. (laughs) I think people are just awful to women. Yeah. (laughs) I like this song, too. I like that it's got a whole crew of people that are kind of on this whole album. It has a good energy. I think it kind of brings it back up a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Because I I do think that it's been lulling for a little bit. And the the three-minute-long skits or just not I mean skits in general are my least favorite part of hip hop albums me too and they're like a thing on hip hop albums yeah yeah. I've never been into it especially because most of the time it's not funny (laughs) no but I mean it feels like it's trying to tell a story or show you more of like their humanity I guess and be like oh the humanity like like, well we're just silly guys just joshing around I was just backing and shoot up to, people. to find some information that I needed to look up really quick. Okay. And it said wrestling. And I was like, why is there a wrestling section in Dr. Dre? It's because the ICP page was still open. That makes way more sense. Did they wrestle? Oh, ICP and wrestling go together like bread and butter. Hmm. They tried to be wrestlers before they were uh, hibbity-hobbiters. Hmm. I think that's what you call it, right? The hibbity-hobbities? The hibbity hobbities? My left arm is going very numb. Are we both about to have some health problems? I'll have all my health problems in like my 60s and it'll go real fast. I'll just be like, hey, Michelle, I, how you doing today? Because I'm feeling so good. Say norm. Norm. <laughs> <laughs> If you st- stroke out and don't say "narm," I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> oh, I would fucking love if I, if I popped into a stroke and I had the wherewithal to still look at you, be like "narm." <laughs> it would be the best fucking joke and reference in history. The, your last words were "narm." God, a stroke. A stroke would be terrible. Some people die. Some people have multiple strokes. And some people get through it. Yeah, like some t- some people can have multiple heart attacks. Uh, some people are just built differently. Some I I'm gonna have one and die. You think one's gonna take you down? Absolutely. Look at me. I'm not strong. 
I'm just barely fucking hanging on. You're stronger than you know, my dear. (sighs) I would say you're almost high-powered. Yo, yo, what's up? Yo, man, give me some of that old gangster shit, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'll try. Just kick back, smoke fat-ass joint. Yeah, man. I get it. (laughs) Okay, so this song, I don't like that sound in this song. What the... It's too much. I think it's mixed pretty high. <laughs> it's, it's really high. It's a little much for me in this song. He wanted that extra gangsta shit. Ooh, God. Do I need to take it down one in volume? If you don't mind, that would be nice. Yeah, this one's been tough, and I haven't listened to this with headphones yet. It's just so high. It's very, it's very prevalent. But. But you also have hearing damage, so it doesn't affect you as much. I can hear tones that you can't hear. Very so for true. me, that th- this is a little more. This is a bit abrasive. It, it's abrasive to me. So I can only imagine it's abrasive to you. Uh, I do think it's a great example, though, of the tone that I think is the gangster. Like whatever tone he's using it may be really aggressive right now and maybe could have come down like an octave or just a mix to not so sharply it's better when it stops it really feels like relief um, but it it's a great example of that like g-funk gangsta like, that's the tone i hear in my head when i think of gangsta shit but i don't mind this at all it's just got that evil tone to it as well i think it does. Because of that. There's always been a darkness to Dr. Dre. Even though he doesn't seem like a dark person. He beats women. <sighs> so do clowns. Yeah, because anybody who beats women is a clown. Yeah, because it's hilarious. <laughs> Put that woman in her place. <laughs> I backhanded that bitch. <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs> Dude, can, can't you do that? No <laughs> thing. I can't. That was nothing. I can't get that. I haven't mentioned the personnel that's on this whole album. I think I, I think they deserve a little shout out here in a bit. I'm just gonna let the next song play, so you know. It'll probably want to just roll into the next one anyway. So obviously we have Dr. Dre. Obviously we have Snoop Doggy Dog, but we have RBX on here who kind of doesn't really do anything with Dre after this, but he's prevalent on this album. Who is uh, RBX? RBX, I think he is related to uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he's Snoop Dogg's cousin. Snoop well, Dogg has um, two cousins on here. Oh, here's a skit where Dre's fucking somebody with his big dick. And the, it's called the doctor's office, and it's a minute of... Of sex noises. Uh, and her going... He's in there fucking somebody with his big dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's really silly. Wait, wait. Fuck it, I'm skipping. <laughs> That's good. Stranded on Death Row featuring Bushwhack, Bushwhack Bill. Bill. <laughs> I like Bushwhack Bill better. Okay, anyway, RBX. He was just a dude. He's a composer, a writer, former... Uh, He's worked in hip-hop for a while, but did some shit with uh, Jethro, but he didn't really do much with uh, What's-His-Nuts after this. I think he worked 
Uh, he made cameos on Doggy Style too, so whenever we do Doggy Style, it'll be on there. There's more to know about RBX. I'm kind of giving him short strips right now, but just saying names. Lady of Rage, Powerpuff Girl. I like, yeah. Warren G. He's it's Afro Puffs, not Powerpuff. I was close. DOC. Not close enough. Nate Dog. I fucking love Nate Dogg. Rest in peace. What did Nate Dogg do? I don't know what Nate Dogg He was did. a singer on a lot of stuff. Okay. On a lot of hip-hop stuff. Was he the guy that'd be like, Warren G? Uh, yeah, just from the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren so that's G. Him. Singing all smooth. Nate okay. Dogg and Warren G had to regulate. Yes. Regulate. Okay. Uh, all right. He's dead? Yeah, he died. What happened? Was he shot? Is that? No, I think he like had cancer. He got he was sick. Aww, I think something happened. Dog, no. He wasn't very old though. That sucks. Maybe it was sickle cell. Why was that extra funny? Because <laughs> that's the thing that just happens in black people. You never hear oh, about sickle God cell. Oh God damn it, Michelle! It was a it was a bad joke, but you never hear about sickle cell anemia anymore. I feel like that was something that was talked about a lot back know. in the day. It's probably because we're ignoring the plight of the black man. Unless that's something that they've woman. like added, especially woman. To maybe that's something that they've added in with like um, childhood uh, vaccinations and stuff like that. Maybe that, that helps. I don't know. Maybe they've found a way to help curb the issue because I've never hear about that. I just I've heard people joke about it. Who, Patrice? Uh, someone did, yeah. There, there, there was a absolutely hilarious thing. That's one of my favorite things that he said. And he, he's like, you know why black people are like or whatever? Because you guys get sickle cell anemia. Jesus Christ! <laughs> fucking, oh God, I love Patrice O'Neill. Okay, so I'm moving on the list. We've also got Jewel, who we've heard of before. We have. She uh, will save your soul. She was. She just when it comes sang to the R&B stuff for Death Row Records. Not that one. She was called the first lady of Death Row Records. I'm gonna read this, which seems interesting. I love how on this album, uh, Snoop Dogg is calling himself Snoop Eastwood because he's been like making videos and acting in Hollywood. <laughs> so to now, in his mind, he's Snoop Eastwood. And I hope that continues on at some point. Or if not, I hope to find art that, like, like fan art that's him as Snoop Eastwood. But anyway, her name is actually something Caples. Let's see. Jewel Caples. Caples was hospitalized in 2019 after she stopped breathing and collapsed while shopping at a Walmart with the cause not made public. In October 2021 interview, she said she was given six months to live and hurried to release her final album, Love Plus Pain Equals Music. Uh, as a result, yeah. Cables was hospitalized. Yeah, and music was spelled M-U-S-I-K. Uh, Cables was hospitalized twice in March 2022 due to a self-described lung injury illness during which she had eight pounds of fluid removed from her heart, oh legs, and lungs. She died at the age of 53 on May 6, 2022. So not terribly long ago. That was Jules. That was Jules. It's a rough way to go. It is a rough way to go. Uh, we also got a guy on here called Dat Fella Daz. And I don't really mean his name is Fella. 
you know, how we've been using the word. Who changes his name. But he's uh, Snoop Dogg's little cousin. So Snoop Dogg has two cousins on this thing. Snoop Dogg just brings his whole family into so the studio. So that's probably why he actually started saying cuz to people because his cousins were involved. <laughs> he was actually there. <laughs> that's my actual cousin I'm talking to. Maybe. All right, here we go. We got the Roach, the Chronic Outro. Now, this is kind of a skit, but it's also a jammer because it's got some uh, goddamn Parliament Funkadelic playing in the back. So it makes you still go like, yeah. And they have a chorus thing going on. But it's just this guy talking about how he needs Chronic. I love how he's complaining like, I need some Chronic. It's like, well, you didn't bring anything, dude. Then somebody's like, I got this. And he's all like, I need some Chronic. I told you. And then he takes a couple hits. He's like, I can't move. And I was like, fucking lightweight. That's all I thought. Yeah. I feel that too. (laughs) Uh, I will say this. This song gives me a little bit of the blue balls you've talked about. So I want to go P-Funk. I wants to get funked up. Mick, you can still just sing out of Well, now. I was listening to this while I was skating the other day, and oftentimes, much like while I'm mowing, I don't care. I'll just sing things out loud that I'm listening to. And this came on, and I was going, Make my funk the pee funk. I want to get funked up, and didn't care that it was actually chronic. <laughs> <laughs> I like this better. <laughs> I think this one's genuinely funny, too, just for the way guys, the guy is animated. And I don't know who's doing this. Yeah, it doesn't identify a person. But I need a split right now. And I don't want no sex, brother. <laughs> brother. Know what I mean? Do you wish you had flavor when you talk to people? Oh yeah, I'm lame as hell. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I think I don't think I'm boring when I talk. But I don't have a flow like that. No, God, no. There's. What do you mean, God, no? You're supposed to say Sam. No. You're having a magnificent flow. There's something just special that's that 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 just is associated with this world, like the way that people deliver things. It's almost like preacher esque at times. Yeah. It's it's very performative. It's that's that's probably part of why they do the skits and stuff is because they feel like it's. They're, they're playing. It's like a character. It's game. And it, it's interesting. I think that it it's something that I don't have because I'm, I'm milk toast. But uh, it's something <laughs> that I I just think it's not for us to have. <laughs> By us, do you mean white people? <laughs> not all white people because some people are, you know, they grow up in the exact same areas with the same lives as some uh, Yeah, but don't they people. annoy you? <laughs> if it's real though then it's it's genuine I don't think that I think location has to do with uh, things like that and I grew up in a place that's not like that at all again very very milk toast around here very very Garth Brooks if he walked down the road he would be treated like Jesus he would. Well, I don't know, actually, because he said that he was going to sell or keep selling Bud Light at his bar or whatever when uh, that came out. 
that dick-loving son of a bitch. He has a gay sister, I think. He and he. I bet he does. And he put out a song around this time, actually, in the early '90s, called "We Shall Be Free," and it's very liberal. Garth Brooks has always been a liberal-sided man. Yeah, because he's actually Chris Gaines. Garth Brooks is the character. It's just been more successful. Even he understands that wearing black and having hair in your face will never be as successful as having an American flag on your guitar and, and singing about and the good old times. Well, not t-shirt. He was a he's a button-up man. He was a button-up man. He is a button-up man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting it play to the last song. This, if you could see, I wish that I could show everyone. What the look in the well, I wouldn't consider it cute. Um, she's staring me down because they at nighttime they get treats and it's just become a part of it's like a third meal at this point. Um, and I just get badgered by animals if I haven't given them treats yet. So, (sighs) this song is fun. This song rules, and the beginning deserves another play because of the drum. Cool. It's almost like ska for a second. <laughs> it's almost like uh, reggae. Wasn't well, ska kind of ska yeah, kind of is. pulling from yeah, reggaeton? You're right. you're right. This song is awesome. This has the appropriate amount of mix of that sound. I think I may have actually known the Ben Folds cover first. Ben Folds does a cover of this? He did a cover back in the day. I don't think I like this. You wouldn't, but it's... It was fine. What is he like? Is he like, bitches ain't hoes? No. It's, bitches ain't shit. It's very, like, uh, brought down and serious. Does he do the rap parts? Yeah. Does he say fella? I don't remember what he says. Say Benny? Maybe he says fella. I don't know. What if he just... I can't believe you don't know this. What if he just screams the actual well, word? I know that that's... I would remember that. <laughs> like extra loud when he gets to it. Everything else is real calm, but when he gets to that one word, top of his lungs. I don't think that's who Ben Folds with a, is. With a rage in his eye that can only match the color of the grand dragon's robe. Red. Is that what it's called? Grand dragon? I don't know what you're saying. KKK, the head guy. Don't they call him the Grand Dragon? Died. Never heard of that? You know how they all have white robes? Yeah. Red sachets? <laughs> the Grand Dragon has a red one. He's like the leader. Is it Dragon or is it Grand something else? I think it's Grand Dragon because they want to seem like they're cool. He's not a white wizard like that band that Travis brought. <laughs> well, that's what it was based off. By the way, Corrupt is also on this album. But anyway, <laughs> Grand Dragon. Corrupt with a K. Grand Dragon. Yeah, Ku Klux Klan. Oh, check this out. Other high up person is called the Imperial Wizard. 
Okay. The Grand Dragon. What the fuck are you bringing Imperial to us, Travis? Imperial Wizard sounds more familiar to me than the Grand Dragon. Really? Grand Dragon I've sounds never heard like Imperial some Wizard. Chinese thing. <laughs> yeah, you think they wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. I found the vocabulary for uh, the clan. <laughs> what if I end up joining the clan after this? Eh? It'll be like when I watch... What's that fucking movie where Edward Norton stomps that guy's head? It's called American History X. Yeah, it's like when I watched American History X, and then I was like, I think I should become racist. (laughs) Just so I can get that physique, baby. If I had known that that was true, I wouldn't have married you, even though... I don't know where the physique is. I'm still waiting for that, I guess. Well, I'm not a racist. I didn't, I didn't click in. That's why. You're considering joining the clan. I don't think that... No, 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 no. I was just going to get a fun tattoo people. on my chest. <laughs> well, I do reference that uh, tattoo all the, so- all the time. What tattoo? The te- there's a part in that movie where he pulls his shirt down and he says, "You see this? It means not welcome." And I'll say that sometimes to like the animals. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> we are not looking good here. <laughs> not to the night crew though. I wouldn't do night that to crew. them. They're in here right now. Wait me out right after that. He did. I didn't yeah. hear it. I saw his mouth move. I didn't hear it either. But his mouth opened. I don't give a So, half of this song is good. It's just too long. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I forget that it gets like this. There's, it's just a big downside to hip-hop albums. Is that they feel indulgent. They, they're long. They're, there's just a lot of extra stuff that happens. Everybody wants a verse. I Everybody get it. Everybody gets a verse. Now, that's the... End of the album, which I've got to say is not a good end of the album. Too short was playing. <laughs> it's not a good end of the album for me. I like it when end of the albums are like calling shit out because they've been calling things out the whole time. Well, Just, they said that, yeah, they called out bitches and how they ain't shit. And yeah. then a woman was at the end. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Uh, one of the people complaining about Dre's woman mistreatment was like and another thing about that straight out Compton movie is like they didn't show that there were actually like women helping this go along and sure these guys were always like bitches and hoes but they're like but not once did I but ever But there actually... women throughout the whole album for example Yeah and like not once did they actually hear them in studio or around them be like man that hoe gonna suck my dick or anything they were like no around me they were like just regular people but like on the album, they'd be like, "Ho, suck a dick, bitch! Ho, dick, suck a dick! I suck a dick! I suck a big fat dick!" So we are finished listening to the album. It is, like, <laughs> it is time to go over some of those quick, quick, quickity questions. Are you ready, Sam? I'm ready. That's not the right uh, instrument for this. So I know. I'm gonna go beatbox, and you're gonna revity rap rap. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> hey, I got a question. I hope you can give me an answer. 
question. Another question. Just so many questions. Wow! Did you say Papa Zao at the end? Papa Zao! <laughs> Papa Zao was a, like a hip hop song that Kevin Federline came out with. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Papa Zao. All right, Sam, why did you choose this album? Why did I choose this album? Because we are on the journey of hip hop for Sam. And this is a, a big album. It's a b- b- big album. Well,. But and I'm mostly interested in G-Funk in this era of stuff in the 1990s, and so it all fits in. What do you think I thought when you said, hey, Michelle, hey, here you go. You thought, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what you thought I would be happy? Hell yeah. Because you're not really answering the question. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were, I knew you knew lyrics to at least two of these songs. Did you, but you didn't know I owned this album? I, I didn't think about it. If you would have asked me, Sam, do you think I own this album? I probably would have said, yes, I think you own this album. Okay. I think you own a lot of rap albums. I do own quite a bit, actually. Which is why I hate your fucking guts. <laughs> um, my Snorted. judgment prior to listening to this was excitement because it's something that I'm familiar with. The songs that I like, I really like. And uh, I'm glad to be going on this hip hop journey with you. <laughs> yeah, many... I am dragging you along on this. I just now realized that it's not you're you're carrying all of us with you. Oh. Uh, just you know, like oh. in your hip hop journey, there's only one set of footprints. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many times did you listen to this album? Uh, I made it three. It was uh, crammed in. I didn't give you this album until like. Wednesday. Wednesday, and we were recording Sunday. Yeah. So I had to cram it in and uh, and work and do stuff and golf and do the things I like to do. <laughs> I got uh, three plus. Okay. Three and some... I listened to some other songs to try and figure out what my uh, least favorite song gotcha. was. Um, least favorite song. Oh, least favorite song. Do you know? Do you want to go? Um, f- this one is kind of tough because there's one that's actually physically hard for me to listen to. Yeah. But there's one that I also just am fine with not hearing again. Um, but I think I'm going to go with high power just because it physically was uncomfortable and kind of jarring for me to listen to that beginning part. That tone was just a little, it's just too much. And I think that the... Which again, the song is fine, but it's just once that stops, it's fine. But it almost makes me feel ill. Yeah. So that has the audio attacks you. It does. So for Um, me, that's my least favorite. You know what? I'm gonna glom onto high powered. You want to know what my second least favorite was? Uh, Can I? I bet I can tell you. I wonder if it's something that we have in common. Stranded? No, an N-word with a gun. Oh, really? Yeah, not for me. I um, also just didn't... I didn't feel connected to that one. That one sounded tough. I'm glomming onto this one, not because of the reasons you had, but... There's a few songs on here that don't hit for me, and by this time, it's like the fourth one that hasn't. Mm-hmm. So it just is the last one that's like, oh, come on, man. And it just... I never think about this song when this album comes into my head, so there you go. 
Most favorite song. Most favorite song. Well, I think there's really only two choices. And I think that's Fuck With Dre Day and Nothing But A G Thing. Really? For me, it's between two songs. One of them is Nothing But A G Thing. But for me, it's between that and Let Me Ride. I would probably say Nothing But A G Thing for me, though. It's just classic. It's, it's so classic. Can I, I want to hear Let Me Ride really fast before I play yours. I don't remember what this one is. This is one featuring Jewel. Oh, yeah. That's a good song. And it's got that classic fucking Parliament sound. Yeah, that's a really good song. But you know what? I was going to wait to play it because... And it has that dun-dun-dun. And Yeah, but... But this is just so... This... Nothing but a G thing is... It's so classic. I said it when it was playing. This is G-Funk. This is what I think of when I think of 90s Dre, 90s G-Funk. I can see him riding so in the car. I think they're standing outside the car right now. Well, I'm just mean in general. Oh, okay. I can see like, the video. riding down in the car. I think DOC's in the fucking car in the video. It's just... I think this song is responsible for the shift in hip-hop that this album created. Like, I think this is the song that made the door open, and then people listen to the rest of the And before we dig it a bitch, I have to find a contraceptive. <laughs> Such a good line. Yeah, it's a really good song. And so at the same go. time, burning a man. Uh, <laughs> you could have kept listening. I know a lot of the words to that song. I enjoy it very much. It's uh, It's an easy number one for me, even though the other song is would be my second choice because I just love the arrangement of it. I love the way it kind of breaks down right before it goes into the chorus each time. So that's yep. a close second, but nothing but a G thing is it's just kind of a standalone great song. Um, how old were you when you first started listening to this album, Sam? I mean, obviously this album in full is, you know, this New. week, yeah. 38 years old, but like nothing but a G thing. It's been in my head, and I've known about it since the fucking day it came out, probably. Like, I remember seeing it on MTV. I remember it being a fucking thing. I remember, like, my cousins being like, oh, shit. And let's see, 1992, right? So I'm seven. I'm six, seven. Six, seven. I'm clicking it. I'm seven because it came out in December, and I'm born in September. So I'm seven. I'm clicking into the world, but that means Bob is like, 15? Mm-hmm. That means him, Tate, Andrea, Deanne, all my cousins, they're all listening to this shit, and they're probably smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is probably them starting to, like, chill, you know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, that's all dangerous. So this still has this, like... Oh, that was devilish when I was a kid. This still has, like, all this edge of, like, dangerous to it. Not because of their skin color, not because of the culture, just because of, like... I was young and I like wasn't supposed to be hearing this. And they're like saying the F word. Do you remember the first time that you were actually exposed to weed that, that you were around it and you knew what it was? Uh, For me, it was no. adults. It was adults that I was around that weren't sharing it with me, but they smoked it oh. around me. And I was just like, Oh my God. I can't believe drugs are happening. <laughs> it would sh- it would have shocked the fuck out of me if it happened when I was younger. For me, there's memories. It was the same person that the two times that I can remember. It was the same correlation from the same friend that I had. <laughs> Those damn lesbians. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, 
for me, there's situations that I can look back on now and I'll go, oh, it was happening, but I wasn't aware of it at the time. Yeah. Uh, the first time I really remember it happening was my brother. And I can't remember what concert it was, but I remember being like, there's weed being smoked. But I found Bob's stash It's such a one distinct time, smell. You don't I, forget that smell. And I like ran up and tried to give it to my mom, but Bob like tackled me and told me it was just his oregano. <laughs> All right. And now looking back on it as a dude who, you know, gets down, I'd be like, what a little fucking narc. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a narc. So the first time you listened to this album in its entirety, what this was your opinion? Was oh, um, I like it, but it's not the. It's not perfect. It's not latching on to me as much as I had hoped. Okay. You know, like there's some stuff on here. I'm really glad I heard. I'm ecstatic. I've heard the album because I think it's just cultural. I think it's oh, just for sure. something you just need to have under your belt. And especially if I'm on a hip hop journey, it's got to get under the belt. But I've got a foop under my belt. Um, There's just something missing from some of these songs, like some excitement that kind of loses. I don't know. It just doesn't hook on to me it's a little too long too would you recommend this album no okay i was gonna say i feel like there are other things from this g-funk era that you would mm-hmm. recommend over like this. i'm 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 recommending dub c curb serving before i'm recommending this i'm recommending straight out of compton before i'm recommending this um I'd probably recommend this before the DOC to most people, but I prefer the DOC album, but I could see people hooking onto this easier than the DOC because the DOC still got kind of that 80s feel where this is 92 and DOC was 89. So this just advances a little bit where this can still work for people who are into rap, I think, unless you're like a punk ass kid who is, if it doesn't have like auto tune in it, you won't fucking deal with it but if you're like a true fan of hip-hop i think you can still listen to this album there's still some gems on here for you from no matter what genre or age you're at as long as you actually understand (laughs) hip-hop i uh, as far as me listening to it again absolutely but not every song uh i think that the songs on it that are good are great yep and are important and are very enjoyable and will continue to be in my life I think that there's some... I think about half the album is stuff I don't ever need to hear again. Yep. Um, so rating it z- zero out of all 10 all over the Rock and Roll Cats. Based on that, um, I like half the album, but it deserves more than a five because what's good is so good. I agree. I'm so, the same thought process. I'm, I'm going to say a 7.5. I was going to say a seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> And I wanted to uh, say as well, like I should have said too, and I understand and agree and know why it was an important album. Oh, absolutely. I get it. it sh- I know why it shifted things. And Seven and a fucking half. Introduced to Snoop Dogg, who was phenomenal. Yes. And it did open some doors, a door for a certain guy, and he's like burned in my brain since this thing. Like, I don't know a life without Snoop Dogg. I feel like Snoop has always just existed, <laughs> and I'm happy with that. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I hope I die before Snoop Dogg so I don't have to know a world <laughs> without Snoop Dogg. And it's possible because he looks like he's going to live to be pretty he fucking could. old. He and could. I don't. I mean. I mean, you got like two weeks left in you. 
I'm definitely not. I'm not go. If I make it to my fifties, I'm not making it out of my fifties. Garen fucking teed. Oh Michelle. Hey, that means you get it's some funny. money to enjoy it's funny how of you mine think when that I you're die. Not just gonna suffer for a long time. <laughs> I don't. I. I would rather if I have to live. I would rather not be suffering while doing it. Oh, you're that's why suffer. I would rather something just take me out. Boom, gone. Boom, gone. That way there isn't a period of suffering because I think I've had I've had a bit of suffrage in my life. I mean, we all have suffrage. Yes, I don't I'm, think that's the word you wanted, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, like Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's um, not the word. It doesn't mean that. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I, I had. I grew up in a suffragette city. <laughs> Move along, sir. Describe this album in one word. This is the final pregunta. Pregunta. Uh, it's not a question. It's a s- demand. Snoop. I'm going to say era. 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 Is that like era? Kennedy saying there's an error? No, I'm saying <laughs> the G-Funk era. This is an yeah. important era in music. This is a birth of uh, the shit really blowing up. MTV had something to do with it because it had visual aspects. And you could see this different like gangsta life that you weren't really being exposed to. There was like, again, there's a realness to it. I so. remember seeing the houses in these videos and just being like, I've never seen a house like that. One... They're all so close together. I've never seen that close together. I've never seen that shape. I've never seen them that color. And then like when Friday comes along, it's like, I've also never seen them with bars over the windows and bars in things over their door. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It has to be that way. But I've just never seen it. So and that's for just me, it's normal like life to them. Whole different world that I'm just like, this is fucking uh, intriguing is mm-hmm. the word. Definitely. As a, as a little... White boy from Batesville, Indiana. It's intriguing to see this world. Op- it's intriguing to hear about these things. Opening people's eyes to a new era. Era. <laughs> All right. So we are finished with the questions. We are finished with that. But Sam. Oh. What's next? Isn't I feel almost I feel bad for some of you if this was a rough episode. Okay. Oh wait, is I don't know what this is. Yeah, you do. I've said it. I said, Sam, if you give me Dr. Dre, the Chronic. Oh, I thought another thing was next. I am going to give you the Chronic 2001, <laughs> which actually did not come out in 2001. It came out in 1999, but it was named the Chronic 2001 where he is helping introduce or the earlier careers of people like Eminem, who is used a lot more, but there's still a lot of Snoop Dogg. And there's still references to old people and people who he may have gotten softer on over the years, who he was more mad at on this album. I can see easy. And then the next album, he's maybe not as mad as he used to be. So I want to see my brother named easy. I am going to continue the journey with Dre with Dre, the chronic 2001. Gotcha. So back to back Dr. Dre episodes. Sorry, not rap fans. Sorry, guys. Uh, but it, this is this is how it's going to be. I don't like this. You just interrupted my uh, my hip hop journey. 
How am I interrupting? You told it? me I was in my in I was in charge of my hip hop journey. Of and giving just, new albums, and you just took the wheel. like of giving like a Snoop Dogg's first album and stuff. I'm letting you, you just do took that the wheel and rammed it into Dr. Dre town. Really, just giving you a second album. <laughs> But we've never done back-to-back for the same artist. We haven't. You're right. So I think this is going to be interesting. Is it? Is it too much? Do you want me to give you something else? No, I just don't want to hear Eminem's voice. (laughs) You are a big Melly Mel fan, so it makes sense. (laughs) I forgot about Melly Mel. I wonder how his... uh, You are literally laying in this chair sideways at this point. I wonder how Mel... uh, I wonder how Melly Mel's... I hit a woman case is going. <laughs> Probably not as good as Dr. Dre's went. Anyway, you ready to stop this podcast? Yes. <laughs> Sorry to bring it down with Thanks. giving another Dr. Dre bring album. It down. I'm fucking around. I was just under the impression that it was another episode and then you were going to do that. Yeah, it's the next episode. Hold up. (laughs) If you uh, have no idea, that's a reference to, he says in this album about the next episode and then, and then Dre 20 to the next 2001, we have the next episode, the next episode. All right. We're getting out of here. Everyone. Thank you for listening. If you're listening, uh, I'm going to hear what this is. What the fuck is this? Is this current? This no, this isn't current. This is, this is from a guy named Kevin Federline. Oh, this is Papa Zow. Papa Zow. Papa Zow. Papa So bad. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, listen to the Chronic 2001. <laughs> it's coming up next, or we'll see you in two weeks. Which means I'll get to finish my trade timeline up until 1998. All right. Popo's out, 99. everyone. Popo's out. Yes. Well, I'm only going to 98. <laughs> Bye. Kevin Federline, fuck you. <laughs> Look at the album cover. It's him holding a microphone up. He's so tough. <laughs> but it's so... Look, he had money. He can do better than he that. He didn't have money. His wife had money. Which means he had money. He could have been like, honey, it's my dream. I'm sure she paid for the whole thing. And now she's just dancing with knives. Bye, everybody.